Ayo, hey, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow CHGO White Sox on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. And you can follow CHGO Sports on Twitter at CHGO underscore sports for your broadcasting at least i am live from studio b here in the chgo studios and i am joined by my co-host and my guy herb lawrence you can follow him on twitter at ecknerwall 23 hello guys how you feeling how you feeling sean looking uh, yeah, nice I get, comfortable I get, over there yeah oh definitely comfortable and i gotta get used to your hello i gotta let you because sometimes i cut that off I, you you know you have your little thing i say your name and then you say hello i gotta stop cutting you off yeah, I'm live from the dirty Nashville hotel. Well, the hotel's not dirty. We've just been living in there. I made the bed up for you, though. You, you see Thank the you. records because you're in Motor City. Motor City, Music City, sorry. They <laughs> say, Detroit, hey. Detroit, Rock City? <laughs> hey, guys, you guys are, you guys like music? We have records on the wall. <laughs> just to let you know where you're at. We, we could put pizza up on the wall in, in hotel rooms of Chicago. You could just nail them up on the wall, some slices. You know, you got your Giordano's up here. You got your Gino's East. Uh, that's probably what they do in hotel rooms uh, back in Chicago. And also, the records are very reminiscent of the friend that we're missing, uh, Vinny Duber. The records remind me of it. The cactus behind me here uh, reminds me of Vinny. Vinny is on a plane right now. He's coming back to Chicago, so we're excited to have him back. We're, our next episode, Herb, is going to be on Thursday. We're taking the day off tomorrow uh but mm-hmm. thursday all, all of us cats should be back in studio a and uh chatting white Sox. Uh, i'm excited for that me too and i'm trying to show the records a little bit more and then less of the garbage that's on my right over here but yeah i cannot wait until we're all t- back together we're voltron back in these studios on the west loop talking about white Sox baseball and hopefully a positive white Sox story because the spring training has been a lot of lackluster mediocre type of things that have been white Sox typical I want yeah, to be and uh, there's some so, some bum stuff too happened in uh, the off season uh, and in Minnesota. We'll talk about our icebreaker now. We need Carlos to see with uh, Joe Biden. Minnesota, Minnesota. Uh, <laughs> we'll talk about Minnesota here. Uh, they signed Carlos Correa to a 105 million dollar three year deal, uh, and and we have the Dash Law saying, "Herb, which record are you going to rip off that wall?" Let's answer that first. You said there was no. Artists or like songs this, on there. Yeah, it's just generic albums, records on the wall to tell you where you are at, remind you if you wake up in a weird stupor and like, where am I at? And you look at the records like, oh, yeah, Music City. Totally. Thank you for the <laughs> records on the wall. Yeah, it's probably on there like, you know, I Miss You by Don Johnson. Like, that's probably like the uh, the, the songs up there. Very generic names, uh, if, if anything, uh, or heartbeat. on the wall. I'm um, go with there. Don Johnson. What was that? Heartbeat. Don Johnson's uh, classic song. Oh, is that a real thing? That is. You know, you, you were just making a Don Johnson reference. Didn't know who he was. That's such a generic name. Miami Vice. Don Johnson. Are you kidding me? Yes. Just a big actor. He slash sung a little bit. And his name is Don Johnson. He is Dakota Johnson's dad. Oh, really? I believe. I believe yeah. Huh. Good for her. If I'm, if I'm correct, uh, him and Melanie Griffin made Dakota Johnson. And now Look she's a you. 50 Shades of Grey. If uh, if you had to pick Don Johnson's song or Bruce Willis's song, who would you pick? Bruce Willis is a little bit more bluesy. Yeah. I forgot what the song was called. Uh, Ain't got nothing but up new do do. Nah nah. Express yourself. Was that his uh song? Uh, respect like, yourself. Respect yourself. Yeah, yeah. It was like a remake of some other song. 
from a blues artist, but I think Don Johnson was a little bit more believable as a rock star. And I would I was gonna bring up a third guy, but you would definitely not know his name. Who? I think it's Jack, not Jack Ingram. I was gonna say Jack Ingram from uh the Illini. Jack um, Wagner is Jack Wagner from All I Need. I, I have Lawrence down here on the floor, right next to my right, and he he whispered, Jack Wagner. <laughs> Jack Wagner, all I need. I gotta listen Lawrence to some of this stuff. That song. It's it's very cheesy, r- really terrible. And I'm sure that we're doing this in Vinny's stead. Because he's gone, because he would be rotten in his grave right now, even though he's not dead. I killed Vinny Sky today, point. too. Skypoint for him. Yesterday, uh, I killed John Fogarty. Today, Vinny is dead <laughs> because of our music takes. Oh, man. Uh, I got I to gotta run something by you before we go into the icebreaker, too. I know I'm getting all, but we didn't talk about this. I saw Pretty Woman. That was one of the movies that, you know, 1990 yeah. classic, rom-com, Richard Gere, uh, good old Julia Roberts. Uh, I finally saw that one. That one was, that's a good movie. Are you, are you a fan of Pretty Woman? Uh, not really. I think I saw it one time. I was a child when that came out, so I really wasn't was able born. to see it in the theaters. I think I saw it you know, like on TBS with all the commercials and such, it's very unrealistic. And uh, no, I didn't like Pretty Woman too tough. But Julia Roberts is, of course, uh, her smile is legendary. Just to see her, you beam up when you see her in movies. But Richard Gere, I wasn't a big fan of. Yeah, my girlfriend described it pretty funny. She said the uh, plot line is just Julia Roberts is hot, and that's the whole movie. Um, which you know, I it was it was a funny movie. I thought it was a, a good time watching. I'm not uh, saying uh, that. Uh, workers of the street don't have great personalities and can't fall in love with a john but that's very unrealistic though right it, it's the it's the combining of the two worlds you know they're both they're both great people they just had you know come from different places uh but i, I liked pretty woman so I, I was just telling you i checked out some of the uh the older movies we got but let's jump into our icebreaker minnesota has a big new addition uh kevin goldstein of Fangraphs is going over there uh, yep. but they also signed uh carlos correa to a 105 million dollar deal uh three years in length but he has an opt-out after every single year what were your thoughts when the uh, Minnesota Twins signed Carlos Correa? Surprise, but not 100% surprise. He, they have a team. Remember at the start of last year, most of us were thinking that Minnesota and the White Sox are going to be the top AL Central teams, and the White Sox will have to over- overcome what the Minnesota Twins did the year before to, re- or to take away the championship from them. But they had one of those Minnesota weird-ass seasons, the weird-ass Minnesota Twins, where <laughs> – the year before, they have great success, and then they fall off the table. <laughs> so we've had that for, like, alternating years. So 2004, 14, they were 70 and 92, 15, 83 and 79, 59 and 103 in 2016. And 2017, they come back and win the Central, I believe. No, second place in the Central, 85 and 77. Then again, go back down to 78 and 84 in 2018, 2019, 2020. They win the AL Central, of course. None of these years did they ever win any of the playoff games that they were uh, in. They lost the ALCS wild card, the DS, and the other wild card. Like, they are a terrible playoff team. They haven't won a a series. Can you guess the year, the last time the Minnesota Twins won a playoff series? Uh, I could could happily tell you this because, uh, A, I think it's pretty easy because the team they knocked out is pretty notable. Uh, But it's also great because, uh, uh, as you said, uh, screw the Minnesota Twins and those weird-ass twins that last won a playoff series in 2002. Right? Mm -hmm. 2003 against the A's? Yeah, you're right. 2002, the weird-ass Minnesota Twins 
lost in the ALCS, but yes, they did win the series before that. So it's and they been beat a long the Moneyball time. A's. That was the Moneyball A's that they beat to get yes. to, to, to then go lose to the Yankees, who I think they've lost eleven straight games to in the postseason. Every single year, it seems like they're matched up with the Yankees, and I love it every year, even though I hate the Yankees too. But they've had their bad year last year. They don't go two years in this cycle with having bad years. And remember, last year, most of that was spent with out Byron Buxton, and the times he did play. He was phenomenal. He was an MVP candidate before he got a hurt for the rest of the year. I believe the Minnesota Twins are coming. I don't know if they're ready for the White Sox yet because that pitching staff is tough. Last year they traded away their ace, the guy that gives us trouble. Not Gavin Sheets trouble, but Jose Berrios was in Toronto now. And they got to pretty much start over. Giving uh, Sonny Gray in the offseason is a solid move they just made. But I don't think they have enough pitching. But their hitting is going to be there, especially now Correa. A full season, if that's ever going to happen, of Byron Buxton, that knucklehead Miguel Sano gets everything together. He's going to be good. You know, they're they're a decent squad. Their hitting is going to be there. And remember, they set the record uh, a couple of years ago in home runs in a season. That was with Mitch Garver, who's now a Texas Ranger. They got re- revitalized Gary Sanchez behind the plate now. Maybe he thinks outside of New York, hey, I'm going to restart my career. I'm going to be the guy that they always wanted me to be with the Yankees and how dare they trade me at this time. And I'm going to show them with the Minnesota twins. But, so we cannot rest on the Minnesota twins. We cannot say that they're just going to be a team that's in second or third. I think they're going to give the white Sox battles, especially if they make a trade for one of those A's pitches that we're also looking for. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, Borat uh, re- reference, by the way, and I like barely, you easily slipped into that one. I've never seen the movies. <laughs> Neither have I. Neither <laughs> have I. We can both watch Borat together. Yeah. But they're just like, you know, Top of mind, topical, of course, <laughs> 10 years later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you mentioned, uh, and also shout out to Zach, who's in the chat, our, our guy, Zach Byrne. Uh, good afternoon, Zach Byrne. Uh, you mentioned uh, their lineup. Uh, the, my favorite part about their lineup now is the fact that Nelson Cruz isn't on that team. We don't have to deal oh, with Nelson Cruz uh, anymore. So that that's a, that's a plus. And I think really they only do become dangerous if Buxton is healthy. I mean, if he, if he plays even 130 games, I mean, he might post a 10-more season. Uh, and, you know, Correa, they have the two superstars, but their lineup does have a lot of question marks. I don't know if Gio Urshela can, you know, recreate his magic. Um, I, I don't know if any of their young guys like Kirloff are going to, you know, perform to the level that I think they need them to. And then you you, you mentioned Sano. Sano is like up, down. Sano can be dangerous, but Sano is also, you know, it just doesn't seem like he's always there. And then Gary Sanchez, like, I think the Sox can handle Gary, <laughs> Gary Sanchez uh, just with, their their heat and their 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 uh breaking balls like I just think that it would be very tough for Minnesota to overtake the Sox unless they go out and make those big splashes which you know looking at that uh, Jose Barrios trade you know maybe they just flip exactly what they got from Toronto and send it to Oakland and get both Montas and Manaya like if they are trying to make a true push this year I wouldn't be surprised if they unloaded as many prospects as they could to up, upgrade that pitching and if they get both Montas and Manaya now you really have to, you know, watch out. And I don't know his health status, but uh, that Bailey Ober last year that we saw for them, I think he yeah. was a rookie last year. I don't want to see too much more of that. That was improving. That was getting better. And so I think he's going to be a problem for the White Sox for years to come. While he was, let's see, a 416 ERA in his first year, 106 innings pitched. But I was just like, okay, this guy's got some stuff that is lethal. And if he ever develops it and becomes the pitcher that they think he would will be, and he's a little older in age, I think he's like 26, 27. But I don't want to see him too tough too many times. So 
them getting a pitcher from the Oakland A's or some other starter, if they get Manaya or uh, Montas, oof, watch out. I just think they're – don't they still got Kenta Maeda? Yeah, he's uh, recovering from Tommy John, though. So, okay, I mean, so he's out for the year, so we're good. Yeah, they're they're, they're banged up a little bit. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I, I do get your point about Ober. Um, I, I just do remember the White Sox, though. Uh, Yasmani Grandal hit a tank shot off of him uh, in Minnesota last year. He, he hit a curveball on the moon, uh, which was really, really exciting to see. So I, I, I think gonna, that – Can I produce on the air? What was that? Yeah, like, produce on the air. Can I produce on the air? So for the future, I'm going to cut it off and we're going to give it to the graphics people so we get that Joe Biden thing. So anytime we reference the team from Minnesota, we have that Minnesota. Just Minnesota. It's so perfect. <laughs> it is so perfect. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I'll, so I'll find weird. that I'll find that clip and send it to Lawrence so he can put it in the, uh, the drops there. Uh, and we'll talk about Conforto and we'll talk about the White Sox lack of signing anybody soon. Uh, but Herb, I just want to point this last question out to you. Who is the White Sox biggest threat at the moment in the division? Do you think it's the Twins now with this Correa signing? I mean, actively, yes. I think the Tigers are like a years to come going to catch the White Sox and anybody in the AL Central because they just have so much good talent. Most of their talent is young. Like they'll be bringing up, I think, Torkelson. I don't know if he's going to be starting on the team. He was the first overall pick in the draft, and we've seen Tariq Skubal and Mize on their pitching staff, and they just added Rodriguez from the Boston Red Sox. They're solid, really, really solid. But like I said, Minnesota takes years off, and then the next year you, when you count them out, they come back and they compete. And I think they might be that team this year where they've signed uh, Correa, and that's you know that's our bugaboo. You know, Every time we try to get him out this year uh, in the playoffs, it seemed like he was lacing balls. Even that Carlos Rodon, it was like 94-mile-per-hour high fastball. He just went up and got it and laced it to left field. It's a tough guy. He's a, he's a reason why he's one of the best shortstops, one of the best hitters in the game, and he made that team just that much better. Yeah, and Baez has always played well against the Sox. I tried to, like – you know, get all get myself all excited. I'm like, I, I bet Javi Bias has been bad against the Sox his whole career. And I think he has a, a batting average above 300, an OPS above 800. So, you know, maybe if the Sox get more and more time against them, 17 games against them in one season, maybe they could figure him out. But so far, I mean, they I haven't. Think the so. White Sox fans hated him when he's a Cub. They're going to detest him when he's a Tiger. He's <laughs> in his prime. He plays him much more. We're going to be furious at Javi Bias. I know some white sex fans poo-pooed that move as is as if it was not a big move because we think of Tim Anderson being the better shortstop in Chicago, which, you know, I never really subscribed to that, that fight. He should be the best shortstop in the game. And Tim Anderson is one of them, but saying that Javi Bias is not better than Tim Anderson doesn't mean that Javi Bias is not dangerous to the white Sox. And he will right. make it a point that the white Sox fans feel him this year. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see that lineup. Uh, Badu, Grossman, Baez, Candelario, Scope, Cabrera. Uh, they have Tol- Torkelson slotted in at first base, Barnhart and Reyes. Uh, but even Honus Haas, uh, our guy, who uh, tore apart the White Sox last year on that bench. So I, I think I would have to agree with you that the Tigers are probably the biggest threat. I, I think that Kansas City can be decent too. Like I could see Minnesota, if they don't add pitching, I could see them trading Correa by the trade deadline. Uh, so I could see that, you know, maybe Detroit just – What's that? It's a win-win for everybody. I think teams should do that more often. Like no one, if they had a betting thing where, hey, where's Carlos Correa? I guarantee Minnesota wasn't even listed in those teams that right. uh, that that a site like PointsBet would put up there. They would like no, or just have the other or field because mm-hmm. 
no one thought the twins firstly had the money to get there. It was only $30 million or the wherewithal. Like they were ready to spend money on a big time superstar like they did. And they surprised us all. I, I think they probably surprised Boris and Correa. It's like, oh, what y'all? All right then. And I guarantee that if he has a great year, he is not spending a second after that in Minnesota. I don't care if they win the World Series. He is ghost. He's yeah, well, back if, on the market. If he wins a World Series, he wants to cash in on that market. Absolutely. And uh, I think it's Connor in the comments there saying Riley Green is coming uh, soon as well. So, I mean, like, you know, they, they do have a lot of young possible studs coming up through that through their uh, lineup uh, at Detroit so they could get deeper real quick and I mean they can get better I mean if Riley Green starts hitting triple A they could add a stud who might just start raking for them uh, but just to look at Kansas City I mean they got great defense uh, they got great batters too I mean Merrifield Lopez and Perez those guys are studs uh, you got uh, Andrew uh, Benatendi I always screw up that one Carlos Santana Hunter Dozier Mondesi Bobby Witt Jr. could get called up at any time. Michael A. Taylor. Uh, their lineup's a little rough after the top three, but them signing Granke, uh, I do think that it is possible that he could have a Lance Lynn effect uh, on the Royals, him coming back to KC. Uh, Brad Keller, obviously we know him famously uh, from the TA moment. I'm not too worried about him, but Brady Singer's young. Chris Bubich is young. Carlos Hernandez is young, and he's had a lot of sex- success against the White Sox. So you get fired I- by the Blackhawks. I know, right? <laughs> I immediately thought of uh, who? Susanna yeah, Collins. Su- yeah, Susanna Collins, who got fired for that. But uh, I, I do think that uh, Kansas City is definitely like I'm not worried about Cleveland at all. But like I think the Twins, if they're healthy, they could be dangerous. But I, I think it's Detroit and Kansas City still. If Detroit, if, if Minnesota adds pitching, then they'll easily take over. You know, second in, in AL Central, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you. And somebody pointed out they had the name. I just saw the name Ryan Rayburn flash and I got a panic attack because everybody knows. There it is. Everybody knows that Ryan Rayburn is Sox killer extraordinaire. We went up to Detroit, I think, in 2011 and 12 uh, to see a game. White Sox was versus the Tigers and Glavin Floyd was pitching. And of course, I called him Glavin Floyd because against the Tigers, he was nails and it was versus Verlander. And everybody, you know, on paper would say, man, Verlander dominates the White Sox. The White Sox are going to get killed in this game. Nope. Glavin Floyd did his thing, and they did not like Ryan Rayburn there. I'm like, you guys, <laughs> are you kidding me? He is the best player on your team. That is your – like Miguel Cabrera was in his heyday. Winning like, a triple crown. And I was like, that is your best player, Ryan Rayburn. And you guys <laughs> don't like him? Come on now. And we went to Cleveland. He did Ryan Rayburn things. I don't know how old he is. If he's still ready to play, just put him on your roster whenever the White Sox come in town. Play him three games, guaranteed seven home runs in that series by Ryan Rayburn by himself. <laughs> Ryan Rayburn is 40 years old. I do wonder if he could still suit up for the the, the Detroit Tigers. He can get hits against the White Sox, 100%. Absolutely. I'm looking up his uh, his career uh, stats against I, the White Sox right now. And I now. guarantee it's probably like 250 and 305, but there's like 20 You're home runs. You're not giving him enough credit. I'm looking at it right now. And then there's like 20 <laughs> home runs. <laughs> what uh, is it? He's had oh, so you nailed twenty home runs on the dot. Okay. He, he had twenty two doubles, twenty home runs, and he batted two ninety seven, three fifty four, mm. and slugged five eighteen against the White Sox eight. for an OPS mm. of eight seventy two. <laughs> yeah, and I guarantee all against the other teams in Central, it might be close, but the White Sox probably have the most home runs. I know that for sure because he probably hit like sixty in his career and a third against the White Sox. So he has never played more than, let's see if I have this correct, 
He has never played more than 100 games against any other team besides the Chicago White Sox. In 122 games in his career, he has an 857 OPS against the Sox, and that is the only high number that he and has. His, like, and his big career sale. OPS is what, 752 I'm looking at? Yeah, so. uh, yeah, 752. He's a his average OPS or his OPS plus is 100. So he's an average hitter outside of when he's facing the Chicago. And I White guarantee Sox. the White Sox are holding up most of that 752. Absolutely. If he, took, if he took the White Sox out, he might be below six. Uh, nice, nice Ryan Rayburn uh, recall there. And and you know, if the White Sox ever face Ryan Rayburn, I know Herb is going to take advantage of our sponsorship with PointsBet. If you want to support CHGO, the best way to support us is to download the PointsBet app and use code C. H-G-O when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And got to mention that online signup is back and available in Illinois. You could download the PointsBet app right now, register your account from start to finish, all from your phone, and PointsBet wants to let you know that during their match madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. Just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used for that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And Herb, did you bring your athletic greens down to Nashville with you? Damn straight I did. Look at that. Boom. Look at you. Boom, with yeah. the travel pack and everything. Damn straight. You I know, never leave home without it. Absolutely. You know this. I know this. Our next partner has a product that I use every day. Herb uses every day. I started taking AG1s because... This is my first full-time job. I started getting on a schedule. I wake up at 9.30 every day, Monday through Friday. I'm getting in my routine and to set my routine, I want my body feeling good. I want to get nice some, some nice gut health going. I want to relax my body. I want to you know set it up nice for the day and, and set it up with some pills, some vitamins, set it up with you know some good stuff for my body to get going. And the best part, too, about Athletic Greens is it tastes very good good it doesn't taste healthy it tastes tropical pretty mild and i know everybody who has tried it doesn't mind the flavor at all which you know is is a pretty big thing for something that is healthy so you might be asking what is this stuff with one delicious scoop of ag1s you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help you start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all the important things, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to look beautiful and pretty here on the CHGO White Sox podcast, and AG1 helps me do that. They help me start my morning off right. They help me feel good, look good. It's a lifestyle-friendly diet, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten, and Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's really easy right now to go and try out Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash socks. Again, that is athleticgreens slash socks to take ownership over your health and pick the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. It's helped me. It's helped Herb. It can help you. Again, athleticgreens.com slash socks. 
Herb, let's go into the next one. This is going to be a little bit fun. We're going to construct the perfect White Sox lineup. And funny enough, we're pretty close. You know, there's not there might not mm-hmm. be too debate, uh, too much of a, a debate here, uh, but it should be a fun conversation. Why don't you go first and take us down your ideal White Sox lineup? Well, of course, I'm going to go with Tim Anderson as the leadoff guy and then follow up by Luis Robert. He's coming. He's becoming the guy that we all think he can be in that two hole with the protection of people behind him, either Yasmani Hobreu or Breu Yasmani will be beneficial for him. I have Yasmani Grandal hitting third. Reasons being is because he gets on base. Last year, he got on base 42% of the time that he went up to bat. That is huge. As for why move Jose Abreu out of the three spot to the four is because you have another guy on base, another guy who potentially can get on base for who White Sox fans call a guy who knows how to get RBIs. So how to get RBIs better is have more people on base. So Yasmani Grandal hitting in front of Jose Abreu. I've been on this for a while now. I just think it's more optimized if you have more people on the base. And I know Yasmani's a clogger because he can't run. If he hits it over the fence like Jose Abreu does often, it won't matter too much. Aloy Jimenez batting fifth. I just think it's his best spot uh, in the lineup uh, with these uh, studs in the lineup with him. And then Yohan Mancada. I would love to have him higher in the lineup because he gets on base via the walk or the hit, but he hasn't proven that to be a consistent thing. And I'm not trying to take away what Luis Robert can do just to placate Yohan Mancada. Show us you can hit higher for higher average for power. I'll move you up the lineup. Maybe I'll switch you with uh, Luis Robert. But right now, I think Luis Robert is the better guy to be batting second. Andrew Vaughn batting in seventh spot, playing right field for the most part. Gavin Sheets being the designated hitter, batting eighth. That's a pretty good luxury to have your designated hitter, second-year player Gavin Sheets to be there. And then rounding off with Josh Harrison, a guy who's a spark plug, and hopefully he finds his bat like he had in Pittsburgh. And last year wasn't too bad with a bat, but batting ninth will be less pressure on him. Um, he can turn the lineup over well with Timmy starting off again. And it's the ideal ninth hitter. He was like what Adam Eaton was supposed to be last year, but they bat him second all the damn time. And I'll be really pissed if Josh Harrison bats second in this White Sox lineup with all those champions I just listed. Uh, yeah, and I think that uh, I was going to try to, sorry, I was trying to flag down Lawrence because he asked if I was going to go to my lineup. We'll go to my lineup now. I, I screwed up the direction, so my bad. I was trying to get Lawrence's attention because, uh, you know, we, we have a pretty same similar lineup. I, I don't think anything you said there was wrong. Uh, I, you know, the only thing that I disagreed with you there is where we have Yasmani Grandal and Jose Abreu batting. I got Tim one playing shortstop, Luis second playing center field, Abreu at first batting third, Yasmani batting fourth playing catcher, Eloy in left batting fifth, Mancada batting third, batting six, playing th- third, batting six, uh, Vaughn batting seventh, playing right, Sheets at DH batting eighth, and then Harrison uh, at second batting ninth. So the only thing we disagree there is third and fourth, you have Abreu fourth and uh, Grandal third. I have Abreu third, Grandal fourth. So where, where do you want to start here? Because I, I think we should probably just start where we disagree. Because, you know, I, I think Harrison being ninth, you were talking about him, like him at nine, that's a, a good spot for him because he's usually at least an average hitter. Your worst hitter is is, an, is at least an, an average MLB hitter who has proven that he can do this year after year after year. So it's like, I, I, I like the lineup where it's at. It would look nicer with Conforto. But uh, before we get into that, like, what do you think about the Abreu Grandal thing? I know you mentioned Grandal's on base percentage. I think that Jose Abreu is our RBI guy. 
And if we were to truly believe that RBIs are a skill instead of just, you know, your teammates being good, put, get, putting themselves in front of you uh, while you can knock them in, then let's have more people be in front of him to knock those guys in. Last year, we saw 93 games of Yasmani Grandal. The man hit 23 home runs. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Like, we right. need to get him up. I saw the lineup today. This is half the reason. And he was batting six. I was like, no, no. Put your better players up to bat more often. You'll have a better chance to win the game. Like, being on base is directly correlation to run scoring. So having guys who get on base, and that is a skill, 100% a skill. Um, having guys get on base in front of their sluggers is more optimal than having him at batting sixth where I guess he's doing the turnover the lineup and then com- uh, having two rookies or second-year players in Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn looking to drive him in. It's a guy that is very slow. I don't know if he can be scored on, you know, on a regular single uh, while he's on second base. So if you have Jose Abreu, a guy who can hit the ball with the fence a little bit more regularly, I think you just have more runs scored in the Grandal Abreu lineup more than the Abreu Grandal lineup. I know it's negligible at the end of the year. These things are usually even up, but I would not have him anywhere past the fourth spot in the lineup. If I ever see that, I'm going to be ticked off because he is one of our best hitters and our best on base guy. So they should be betting one, two or three. I'll make the case just for Abreu because I had him there, but I honestly don't care. I'm with you as long as Abreu, Grandal, Robert and Anderson are in the top four. That's all that matters to me. Those are your four best hitters. That's who should be batting uh, in your top four. If you want to put Grandal second because he gets on base, I'm cool with that. If you want to put Robert at first, I'm cool with that. But I think those should be your top four. But the guy, the reason I put Abreu uh, at batting third last year, he just was a better hitter and, and more comfortable in that spot. 96 games, uh, he had an OPS of 848. When he was batting fourth in 56 games, he had an OPS of 799. So he was just, I don't know if it's comfort level. I know that that is also like a, a prime spot that's kind of like you always put your best hitter, at least, you know, that's probably what, you know, Tony's mindset was back in the 80s. Like, you know, your, your third guy is is your best hitter. Your fourth guy is your best run producer or, or RBI guy. Um, I could see that still being the mindset. And, 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 you know, as long as they bat Robert second in my mind, that's your best player. He should be getting you know, basically the most at bats on your team Him batting second will turn the, the the lineup over enough to get him there. Uh, and we know how much of a monster TA is to get on, on base, uh, you know, whether he's swinging the bat or not. So I, I, I think that optimally Anderson one, Robert second, Abreu third, Grandal fourth is what's been proven to work for the Sox. I don't, I don't think they should go away from that. And I'm going to answer your question, Greg Miller, would you ever move TA to two or three? if we had a guy that can get on base a little bit better and TA didn't mind it, that's half the problem. I think TA's success comes from his confidence in himself and wanting to lead the offense as Mm. the leadoff hitter. He's not traditional guy who gets on base via walks. He will not take a walk. You know, if you give it to him, he'll take it, but he's not going to on the, at the box trying to take a walk. And so I don't know. He's just the hitter that he is. If he wants to move there, cool. If he's fine with moving there, awesome. And he still gives you the same production he gives you that leadoff, that'll be even better. Never yeah. third, I don't think, unless he turns into a hitter and player that I 
couldn't even imagine. If he turns into a power threat where it's like 40 home runs plus, then yeah, you can move him to third and his average goes up to like 300 and he's on base at 360 clip, which he was it is uh, I think a couple of years ago, but I don't see him moving from that spot unless you find a guy that is a better quote unquote leadoff hitter and Tim is cool with it. Yeah, he's not enough of a run producer or power hitter for me to be comfortable at him or second or third, where, you know, Robert has speed and Robert has that power ability. Grandal has that ability to walk and obviously drive in runs with his power. Uh, even Moncada, too. Moncada has the ability to take a walk and extend and get it to that third hitter. Uh, especially early on where TA it, it's shown that he really likes to set the table. He likes to set the mood for the Sox. He likes being that guy that people look to right away. I think that Tim loves to put pressure on uh, a team to immediately. I think Tim likes to swing at the first pitch, pitch get on base and, and put pressure immediately on that starting pitcher to make him feel comfortable. Robert is a viable option to lead off. I just think that this team gels better when Anderson is their leadoff hitter. Robert is a fantastic player that could easily, easily be the leadoff hitter for the Sox. And if you're trying to make the argument for most optimized analytical offense, you probably want Robert being your leadoff hitter just because he's going to get that many at bats. And he's, you know, so speedy that, you know, if, if he gets a single, he gets a walk, he's able to steal a bag and you already have a runner in scoring position with no out. So I, I think there is an argument for Robert being the leadoff hitter, but I think it's just worked so well over the past couple of years, having TA in that leadoff spot that I would just avoid it completely. Robert uh, getting on and, and, you know, he has no outs. Anderson's already at first, you know, that that's, that's danger right there when you have the best player in the lineup uh, already with a guy on base. Yeah. And I would, you know, Robert gets on base, not necessarily via walk, but he hits the ball like a son of a bitch. I would, like you said, I think eventually when his career is at its optimal, he'll be a three or four hitter. But for now, he's a two hitter with three, four potential. You know, these lineups, like I said, negligible altogether when you're playing 162, the hits will come no matter what, I think. But I think you're better served if you have your better players up at the top and the guys who get on base and last year robert 370 on base just ridiculous yeah. <laughs> and you know he only played a couple you know like 80 games or something like that or 60 games but it was just an awesome display of offensive power from the rookie year where he fell off the table in the second half and that's how kyle lewis got his rookie of the year to the 338 378 567 68 games he played with the white Sox in 2021 i just that that guy is ridiculous. Like he did that, and I just read those numbers. I recall them the year, but I don't recall it being that great. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he just did that that easily. Imagine when he's actually trying and gets 150 games in him. <laughs> and uh, with Robert too, like it was a tale of two halves in the uh, last year. Like in his first before he got injured, his first 25 games, he didn't have a ton of power, but he had 22 hits in his first 25 games. And then when he came back uh, last year, he ended up hitting all of his uh, home or he list, he ended up hitting 12 of his 14 home runs uh, in that span, and he had a slugging percentage of 622. Uh, he had an OPS from August 9th to October 3rd of a uh, thousand. Uh, so, I mean, you know, when you have an op uh, on base percentage of 389, slugging of 622, uh, the saying is that plays Herb. Uh, I yeah. think I think there's no issue with that. And our guy Leonard Gore has a different variation of my lineup. He just switches Robert and Yaz. So, Yaz bets second, 
Robert bats third. <laughs> it works for me. That goes right, left, right, or no, right, left, right, 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 left, or switch yeah. hitters for Bancada and uh, Yaz. But that works better for me. Like if you want to do the, if you have a right-handed pitcher going up against the White Sox and you want to bet Yaz second to just to differentiate and break up all those right-handers they have early in the lineup, that's cool with me too. That's why also I have him like third so we can break up that first two righties, and you have two more righties with Abreu and Eloy, and you have Mancata, switch hitter, breaks that up, and then Vaughn and then Sheets, another lefty right there. That's why Michael Conforto coming here makes this lineup even better because right. the lefty concept there, as uh, Michael Conforto also can play the field of right field. So those are good things to have, you know, but apparently not good right. enough to get signed by a Major League Baseball club. And we'll, we'll talk about Conforto in just a little bit. I have some theories I want to throw at you, but I agree with you. I mean, you look at the the handedness of this lineup, and it's tough to really figure out you know a true balance because they have three lefties that they can use, and two of them are switch hitters. Uh, and you could even throw Garcia in there as well, Leary, but we don't have him in our opening day or starting day lineup because I know TA will be uh, out for opening day in Detroit with his three-game suspension. But if they sign Conforto, that will give them enough balance. You'll have... Grandal, Mancata, Sheets, and, and Conforto, if you have a righty on the mound, because, you know, that's unfortunate. Andrew Vaughn won't play, but you're looking for the best lineup. And if you have four lefty bats like that, uh, I, I, I mean, the White Sox can beat anybody. We already know what they can do against left handed pitching. And if you have a, a, a lineup of that going up against righties, you are going to destroy people. I, 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 I'm so frustrated that this move hasn't been made, but we'll talk about the Conforto thing in a bit. But if they're able to truly balance out this lineup, I, I don't see any holes with the White Sox lineup in any situation against any handedness if they're able to sign Conforto. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just at a loss for why it hasn't happened as yet. I have my theories, but it still doesn't you know, add up. It has to be that Michael Conforto is asking for way too much money that the market is not seeing him as that player. And anybody, no player, no team is like jumping. And you don't really hear any whispers of Michael Conforto. Hey, he's getting close with this team. He's linked to that team. Not not as the smoke that you heard before these other guys signed with their teams they eventually went with. Like you heard a lot of smoke around the Phillies and who they're going to sign with the Schwarber and eventually Castellanos, but... I don't know. Maybe I'm missing it. Has there been any fire or any smoke around the Michael Conforto uh, camp? No, sir. And that's what we're talking about. That's our next topic. But I got to ask you a question first, Herb. Do you ever feel anxious or jittery after you drink coffee? I do. Do you ever have trouble staying focused during the day or have trouble falling asleep at night? I do. Oh, are your aches and pains holding you back from enjoying your day to your fullest? Yes, they do. As well, a, you should try out Strava Coffee. What was I that? Should. I am a, as a 43-year-old man. Yes, that, that's a go. daily thing. Well, you should try Strava Coffee. Fortified with broad-spectrum hemp-derived CBD has already helped thousands of people to improve their overall quality of life by simply enjoying a delicious cup of Strava Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is a premium CBD-infused coffee that is exclusively sourced and roasted from premium specialty-grade coffee beans, the infusion of CBD adds to so many benefits like helps with chronic headaches, joint pains, IBS, and so much more. And no more coffee jitters if you want three or four cups a day. Feel less anxious throughout your day. Live your day with fewer aches and pains. Feel alert and focused without the jittery feeling. Relax and distress after a long day and enjoy a more restful sleep. 
I started my day today with some Strava coffee. We had the uh, the 80 uh, milligrams of CBD coffee that was mm. sent to us. I got the decaffeinated one for uh, nighttime so I can go to sleep. You know, I don't have to take some caffeine before I go to bed, but I can start my day off with the caffeinated version. And honestly, I'm not a big coffee drinker, but it doesn't taste any differently to me than, you know, s- some normal coffee. And I do feel more relaxed. I feel ready to take on my day. So I'm starting it off with some athletic greens energy, uh, you know, some vitamins to, to make me feel healthy. And I'm getting Strava coffee to give me that energy and boost throughout my day. And you can subscribe and save with Strava coffee club right now. Strava's customized subscriptions mean you'll never have to buy coffee in the store. Again, it'll land on your doorstep every two, four, six, or eight weeks, whatever you prefer. Plus receive up to 30% off your CBD infused coffee every time. They also offer CBD-infused calf coffee to help you enjoy more restful sleep. Hell, that's why I said it. And full-spectrum CBD tinctures to get the maximum entourage of benefits. The best part, Strava roasted fresh and shipped straight to your door. And CHGO listeners can save 25% off their purchase when they use the code CHGO25. That's 25% off your order at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That is Strava craftcoffee.com when you use the code chgo25 at checkout discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only one use per customer so i would say strava coffee go try it out it was definitely worth it i, I i've liked it uh, I've, I've liked the the samples they've sent over uh definitely worth it to you know add to your day if you're looking to try out a different version of coffee sounds good sir i will do that when i come back post taste there you go. And thank you for giving me that ability to drink some water because I got to tell you about CHGO as well. Uh, this great place we work, CHGO. Uh, you can check us out at allchgo.com. You get the podcast for free. You get the live shows for free. You get the post games for free. The written premium content is behind a paywall, but you can become a member at allchgo.com. And if you become a member, you'll get some dope merch. You get a choice of your shirt if you sign up and if you become a member, not only do you get a free shirt, not only do you get access to that premium written content, but you also get access into the CHGO Lounge. You can interact with all of us from CHGO in the CHGO Lounge Discord if you become a member at allchgo.com. All right, Herb, let's get into the theories. Michael Conforto, still a free agent. There's not a lot of rumors out there. Not a lot of teams linked out to him. You ask me, has there been anything uh, that of, of note you know, surrounding Michael Conforto's free agency? And there has not been, which makes me think that the White Sox are the leading candidate to sign Michael Conforto at the current moment. I have you know, some info. Not, I don't know how much uh, you know, I, 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 I truly know, but I'm pretty sure that they have the best offer out there. And we've heard this. This was mentioned on Parkinson Spiegel yesterday uh, on 670 The Score. Our guy Shane said he was talking to a White Sox player, and I, I wanted to clarify his comments, and this is from, from Shane. He said uh, he's been talking to White Sox player and the White Sox player theorizes that the White Sox have the best offer and that the only condition is that Michael Conforto needs to get vaccinated. Uh, Can you believe that? Uh, Do you think that that's a a true theory that we could throw out there, that the White Sox have the best offer and the only condition is that Conforto needs to get vaccinated and the only reason he hasn't signed is because he hasn't chosen to get vaccinated yet? Are you buying that theory? No, I'm not at all. Um, because I know the White Sox are really hard on getting vaccinated. They have all their minor leaguers vaccinated. It was like a thing and a national news story that the White Sox were like the only team at the time having this for their minor league players. But I cannot imagine that they think it is necessary for a free agent to come over to their team and be vaccinated. I spoke about this yesterday. I'm vaccinated. 
believe in vaccinations, but unless they think that Michael Conforto is a bad guy and his more and his moral compass is off. And this is one of the ways it's showing itself by not getting vaccinated, not being a team player, put those in quotes. And this is selfishness that we do not want on our team. Then I can say, okay, White Sox, I agree with you. I agree that you don't want a selfish player on your team. If you think that this is why he's doing it, not what other reason, but if they're just thinking, we just need all our guys to be vaccinated. That's our hard and fast thing. We're not signing them because we like vaccinations. We believe them; they're safe. If you don't get a vaccination, you will not be a part of the White Sox as some type of like Yankees won't have long hair and beard type of thing. That's that's wrong. I don't like that. I would just want the White Sox to come out if they don't sign Michael Conforto at the end of the spring training, which. I don't know if he'll be signed by then, if that's the case. Say, hey, man, we have conditions for the White Sox signing players. And one of them is this. In a pandemic, we will not stand for any of that. We think that it's a correlation between persons not getting vaccinated and not being a good teammate. And all we want in this uh, whole thing is our culture to stay the same and our clubhouse to stay together. And I think bringing on a player like that would interrupt our clubhouse that would be the only reason because his numbers play yeah and if his if his if the white Sox had the best offer out there i would think he would jump at that because i'm looking at the teams that i have looked up and it says the diamondbacks are out there the padres the rockies the yankees have shown interest demon diamondbacks have had some interest and the colorado Rockies says that conforto is not their top priority so a lot of teams who are middling and then you got a couple of people like the Yankees and the Padres who are trying to go for a championship. So if the White Sox out of that group who are a going for the championship team are offering you also the best money, what's the holdup? Because you're not getting these deals from even the, the bottom teams as we talked with Chris Bryant, why he signed for the Rockies, because that probably was his best deal. And the Rockies gave it to him. That's why you go to the Rockies. If the White Sox are a contending team, you fit in perfectly and the money's right. What's the problem? Yeah, and I wouldn't rule out uh, the, the the fact that, you know, like I wouldn't really buy into this theory fully just because Kendall Graveman signed with the White Sox and Graveman's wife posted this back when he was a Mariner. Uh, where is Kendall, you ask? He's in a COVID timeout. He has been in a hotel room for six days and we honestly don't know when we'll see him again. We aren't. And then she put the the shot emoji. So we aren't vaxxed. So MLB wants to pitch, pitch a fit and put us in a timeout. So, I, I mean, they did sign somebody who might still be unvaxxed. So it would be nice to have Vinny uh, here just to ask, because I wonder if Graveman uh, got vaccinated and maybe that is an edict from the White Sox to get signed. So I, I don't know if I'm fully buying it. Maybe the only way I would buy it is the fact that it's for four years and $90 million. And if there's no player options or player opt-outs, if they want to you know, guarantee that this guy's going to be here for four years, uh, maybe that's why they, they, they take a shot on him. Because also, you know, Conforto did contract COVID and we, we gave – Mancata the excuse as well uh, that his play dipped in 2020 because of it. Mm-hmm. Conforto was suffering with and battling back from COVID in 2021. So, I mean, mm-hmm. his numbers might have been down from that. Uh, so before we get jump into that conversation, I just want to clear some things up because Lawrence, uh, there's Joe Tucci down there who says uh, Minichino ain't vax right. Um, from what we understand, the White Sox entire organization is 100% yes. vaxxed. So that means all coaches, all managers, all front office, all minor leaguers, 
are vaxxed. So if that is true, Menachino would be vaxxed. So, I mean, the only ones that we can theorize that are unvaxxed would be Braveman and then possibly Conforto if he signed. So I don't know if, if this is truly an edict from the White Sox, but if they're making a long guarantee, I could see it being possible. They didn't extend the qualifying offer to Carlos Rodon, and Scott Boris is Carlos Rodon's agent, and he's Michael Conforto's agent. And Scott Boris usually talks. Scott Boris wants his guy to get the best deal possible. So the only way I can think of why there's not that many rumors out there and that why you know the Diamondbacks might have the, the, the closest smoke uh, for the Michael Conforto fire, which would make sense for the Rockies, which would make sense for the you know them signing Chris Bryant, which would make sense mm-hmm. for the Twins signing Carlos Correa. Some of these teams taking a shot on a guy just because he's available. But with the White Sox, I could see, hey, we did a favor for Carlos Rodon, you know, 18.4. We'll put out the best offer for Conforto. And all you just need to do is because he's not vaxxed and we don't want to draw any bad pub to your agent or your player, Scott Boris, don't leak any of this out. And we'll try to get a deal done as long as he gets vaccinated. I could see this being possible because the White Sox love to work undercover, as we say. I mean, I, I just want a resolution. I'm a big time fan as a former producer. When I called somebody, I want a fast no instead of a slow yes. Right. Just tell me yay or nay. Shit or get off the pot. I want somebody else to take them or the White Sox to take them. Or the White Sox coming out like they did with Ozzie Guillen when speculation that he might be in the contention to be the White Sox new manager before they named Tony LaRusso the manager. They came out and said specifically, Ozzie Guillen will not be the next manager of the White Sox. Come on and say that if you feel that way about Mike Conforto. So we can move on. So White Sox fans can stop dreaming and get comfortable with the idea that we're going to have two guys who've never played right field regularly play right field regularly for 162. So we'll get used to that. We'll start our gripes and we can move on from Mike Conforto. So I would love for some type of resolution within the weekend being done. Yeah, this is a tweet from Buster only uh, from earlier today. Read Michael Conforto. In the past, some prime unsigned free agents have waited until after the draft to find a team to detach themselves from draft pick compensation. But with this year's draft set for July 17th, that's not a practical option. Uh, So, I mean, it really does feel like two weeks before the opening day happens. I think that's when Michael Conforto is going to have to get signed because he's either going to have to choose like, Hey, I'll go to the white Sox who have the best offer, but they need me to get vaxxed. I'll get vaxxed and then have that two week waiting period. Or, you know, I'm going to sign with a different team and wait, but I, I do think that there is a clock on here. We're going to have to see a decision made sued on Conforto. And I want to give a shout out to him in the comments. Uh, I think it's baloney something uh, tinfoil Tuesdays. Love it. Absolutely. I need, I need a, a tinfoil hat here, Herb uh, cracking up all these theories, these crackpot theories I got. So uh, shout out to Bologna uh, Fonseca for, uh, for giving us a shout out. There. And, and I don't think, you know, the draft compensation is a thing holding teams back from signing them. I mean, it's what yeah. the MLB draft is not a thing where, man, I missed out on that guy in the draft. No, <laughs> like a lot of people had a chance to draft Mike Trout, including the White Sox, including the Angels, and they drafted other people. It's it's a crapshoot. Yeah, it is a crapshoot, and I don't I don't think the White Sox like if if we are truly thinking about this, like they didn't extend the qualifying offer back on like November 18th, I think it was. Uh, and I think the White Sox have had the best offer on the table for Michael Conforto since November. So I, I agree with you. Shit, already get off the pot. Let's get to a decision because, you know, what are we waiting for at this time? And like, tell him that. Like, right. Dude, 
we got to get our team together. We got to get going. Like we yeah. are having these guys act like they're first, they're right fielders. We're having Andrew Vaughn play second base because the guy is just that guy. He wants to be on the field no matter where you put him. So I want to settle that and have him say, I am playing 150 games in right field or, and or DH, or I'm going to be the designated hitter and get, and we talked about this and get your mind right for designated hitter. Gavin Sheets talked to Jim Tomey last year. I need Andrew Vaughn Andrew, to talk to somebody. Hey, well, Vaughn, Vaughn wears 25 because of Tommy. Yeah, so talk to him. He's he's available, resource for the White Sox, and get your mind right for the rest of the season. It's not unfair to those two guys to not know their roles going forward, even though they're young players and they'll play wherever. I want them to be at their best because they're prepared to play said position um, for um, a certain amount of time and not even waste your time ever again with Andrew Vaughn playing second base or third base and wasting time and reps that he can be having in right field. Right. And I see a comment to bring up Castellanos. It makes no sense to me why a guy that has been made worth nine war since 2017, who is 30 years old can get a five year, hundred million dollar deal compared to Conforto. Who's been worth 13 war since 2017 and is 29 damn years old. He's a year younger, a better player can play the field. It makes no sense. And no expert says, even if it's a hundred million, five, your deal similar to Castellanos that's still five and over the length Jerry probably wants that's the crazy theory but I can uh it could be real at this point I I think it's 94 I think they're going 22 22 and a half million 90 years or four or 90 million four years I think that's the deal and I don't think he's getting a better deal and that's better than the current market that's better than what Castellanos got that's better than what Suzuki got that's better what Schwarber got I think he's got the deal there's no reason why it hasn't been made yet outside of something being held up, held up like this. And we need those outs too. Like we were talking about with Correa. This is the new thing. It's a beneficial thing for the player and the team. You want him to opt out after the season. Cincinnati was more than joyous that Castellanos opted out of the rest of their deal because then they don't have to trade him this year. Like they did right there with all the rest of the people on their team. You want your players to say, okay, I had a great year and I'm gonna test myself on this market again. Now, that is a good thing for the player. You get the security of five years. But if you do so well that you feel that you've overplayed your contract, go back out in the market next year. You're 30 years old, Mike Conforto. You have another chance to prove yourself on the open market and a full offseason where people can give you longer term deals. If they've seen you go to the American League and dominate with the White Sox, they'll be willing to give you four or five years there. And then those opt-outs will also be there for that new team. I think that's the wave of the future. It gives the players some power, especially players who are getting to the 30s, to test and say, am I still viable? And can I make the money on the market that I that they've uh, signed me up for the next year? And it gives them a drive to keep on being good throughout their 30s so they can make more money if they need to opt out. Herb, I want you to produce live on the air right now for me. Uh, Lawrence just gave me the five-minute mark, and we have not even talked about our headline yet. Uh, we have not mentioned Dallas Keuchel yet. Should we just wait until Vinny on Thursday greatest. and bring it up and change the change the headline uh, on the podcast? People's, people came for the Dallas Keuchel and got the lineup stuff. Um, I mean, it's what? We got four minutes now left? Yeah, four minutes. I it's mean, we got the chat. Perfect, you guys want It's a perfect amount of time to talk about that. Go as long as we want. Let's bring Vinny in uh, tomorrow on Thursday, and let's 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 chat with him about Keiko because he, he actually had the chance to speak with him. Yeah. Uh, so we'll 
We'll bring in Vinny. If you have any questions, throw them in the chat. We got about three minutes left. Uh, there is one from our guy Connor, who's a Blue Jay fan right there. Uh, the Conforto situation is similar to Correa. I wouldn't be surprised if he signs tonight at 4 a.m. to some random team with a bunch of opt-outs. That could be Arizona. I could see 4 a.m. Uh, I mean, you know, emergency pod at 4 a.m. Herb, will you be up for it in Nashville or will you be driving home? No, we're still going to be here until 8 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Nashville time, which is central time, too. Um, I'm thinking if we see a deal and it's like 19 per somewhere below the number that we're both thinking, I think we're both thinking around the 22 million per I I'm probably going to be pissed at the white Sox If it's not the white Sox and the money is in their range right there. Well, and I wonder too, if like, if, if they do have 22 and a half million dollars out for an AAV and he signs for less, do they just torch him? Do they say, you know, Scott Boris, we haven't liked you. We don't like you. And the fact that this guy won't get vaccinated for less money is fucking ridiculous. Because that's how I'd feel if I'm the White Sox. We made you, you the best do offer and you won't take it. Like, it's crazy. You don't do that because he has, a, firstly, has a bunch of clients. And one of your cli- his clients mm-hmm. is on your team, on your pitching staff, is going to be winning right. a Cy Young in the next couple of years. So you Dylan need sees. to get him correct. And, like, if you need to MF him, MF him in private. Do not do that in public because it the White Sox has done that perfect. I mean, before with Kenny Williams and Jerry Reinsdorf letting it be known that they don't like the guy. And that's why Rick Hahn's relationship with him, where he's getting deals done, has kind of saved them in that regard. They've uh Rick Hahn, of course, has uh experienced in negotiating contracts. He, I think, was a player rep or at least a uh worked for a player rep uh, agency out of high school or college, uh, like a law firm. And so he understands how to do contracts and how to have that talk with people who are a little bit, a little gruffer and fight for their clients a little tougher than uh, what Scott Boris and his uh, agency does. Oh man. I, I try to look up uh, Rick Hahn's background to back you up. Uh, Rick Hahn has a uh, LinkedIn pro. So he, he's now realized that I viewed his profile. So uh, Rick Hahn oh. uh, realized that I'm creeping on him. Uh, but uh, he doesn't actually have anything listed outside of uh, that. He's been the White Sox general manager since 2012. So I think but he even like either interned or like did a associate uh, well, judgeship or something like that at, at yeah, a clerkship at a law firm that does uh, player contracts. And I know he's been in the, with the White Sox for a very long time. I think even since like 2000, because I was looking back at like the A-Rod stuff when they almost signed him. And Han was even mentioned back then, I'm pretty sure, in those contract agreements. I think the earliest that he was brought up, I know he for sure worked on the Canerco extension in 2006 uh, or 2005, after the 05 season, uh, before the 06 season. So, I mean, he's Here been is. there forever. Uh, Han began, began his professional career as an agent at Sternberg, Steinberg, Morad, and Dunn. So it's probably uh, Jeffrey mm-hmm. Morad and Dunn in 2000. Worked there for two years before joining the White Sox in 2002. Okay. So, yeah, he works with uh, guys who were doing deals. Right. Is that, is that Lee Steinberg? Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be Lee wow. Steinberg, uh, super agent. Yeah, so he knows how to do contracts, and that's probably why his uh, relationship with Scott Boris is a little bit better than what Kenny Williams and Jerry Ryan so far. They had some contentious battles, and remember, all his clients went to his other teams. We're talking about a Rod. That was part of that, I believe. Right. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if uh, Tory Hunter was a Boris client, but they felt they got killed by Tory Hunter right there at uh, Taco John's. I missed that. <laughs> I think they had either the White Sox had a meeting with Tory Hunter at Taco John's or the Angels had a meeting with uh, Tory Hunter at Taco John's and 
the White Sox did not sign him. It was thought at that time that the White Sox were on the track to sign him, but nope. He signed with the Angels. Yeah, they, uh, that's where he agreed to his five-year, $90 million deal was uh, Taco John's. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was with the Angels that he agreed to I didn't go there deal. when I was in San Diego. I, uh, final thing, just want to wrap this it. up. Uh, we got Matthew saying, uh, are the Sox in on uh, Manaya and Montas? I believe they're in on Manaya, but I just don't know if a deal is going to happen. I think a Kimbrel deal has to happen before anything else happens uh, for the Sox. So, you know, I think we're just waiting either on the Conforto vaccine domino to fall uh, is what we'll call it, at least the theory. Uh, and then we will talk to, I think, uh, Kimbrel uh, having to leave the team is probably going to be on the the, the first moves on Rick Hans, uh, you know, little, little schedule here. Cause I don't think that uh, Montas or Manaya might be gettable right now with uh, just the prospects that the Sox can offer. I don't, I don't think they have too enticing of a package, but uh, any, any final thoughts or before we wrap this up, let's get this done. Let's, but before you guys open up the next time, what is it? Uh, Wednesday, Thursday at yeah, two Thursday. o'clock, we'll be doing this. The next time we speak to you, let's hope we get some resolution. Either he's done and the White Sox are not, getting Michael Conforto because he went to a different team or the White Sox have signed Michael Conforto. We can talk about him and that new White Sox lineup being a contender battling the Yankees, the Blue Jays, the Rays, the Astros. Herb, when's, their, when's the White Sox first game? It is April 8th, I believe. Oh, okay. So next Thursday, that's two weeks from opening day. So oh. Thursday at 1 p.m., we're going to have Michael Conforto free agent news where he signs with the White Sox because he's going to get vaccinated. He's going to wait the two weeks, and then he's going to be in Detroit on opening day. Let's go. Let's get it done. Here's CHGO White Sox presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm with you, Herb. I think that let's get this done. Let's get it going, and let's talk about Michael Conforto as a White Sox uh, on Thursday when we, when we rejoin the CHGO White Sox podcast, and we'll be back with uh, Vinny and you in studio. Excited for it. Hello. I'll be there. It'll be great. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Greg and shout out to the, everyone who's in the chat. Uh, no expert and Greg. Uh, if you guys haven't yet, please go vote for me in the 108 tourney. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. What'd you say? I'm trying to scratch your records back here behind me. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow Mr. Uh, record scratcher at Ecknerwall 23. Thank you, Herb, for your uh, patience and, and joining us in Nashville. We appreciate it. And uh, tell Courtney what up. Will do. Thank you, guys. Thank you for watching CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox and CHGO sports at CHGO underscore sports. This is the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Again, use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. We will talk to you on Thursday when Michael Conforto is a Chicago White Sox.